It's another special edition podcast from Metal Blade, and this time our very special guest will be the legendary King Diamond, who has a brand new album coming out on June 26th called Give Me Your Soul, Please. As always, for more information, visit MetalBlade.com. And we're going to talk with King Diamond in a bit, and uh, we're going to play a track off his 2003 release, The Puppet Master, called Blood to Walk.
righty, we are here now with Mr. King Diamond himself. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing all right. Good, good. Um, all right, first things first, uh, the new album, Give Me Your Soul, Please, and uh, it's yet another concept album with an absolutely amazing story. And uh, one of the first things you see when you open the booklet that comes with the CD is the list of characters in the story. And I was wondering if you could tell us, um, just give a description of all the characters that, that are in Give Me Your Soul, Please. Well, as it says, uh, me and my black cat, Magic, uh, and Magic is uh, here with me right now, taking a nap on the floor on her back, you know. So that's, of course, uh, my cat, Magic, who is in the story as well for a few songs. Then there is the beautiful house on Never Ending Hill, which is where I live. And uh, then there is the little girl in the bloody dress and her dead little brother. They're actually both dead, uh, but... Uh, you will find out uh, actually already in the intro that, that uh, these two kids are dead. Then there is the Dark, which is a very important character as well in this. Uh, and uh, throughout the story, and you, you, you hear a lot about darkness and, and, and what could be in there. Uh, then there's the Floating Head Woman, which is uh, a not uh, very kind spirit that uh, is traveling with uh, the girl in the the bloody dress, uh, her spirit, they're both traveling uh, from uh, the other side uh, into our world, trying to to see if they can uh, steal a soul that is free from sin for her little brother. But uh, I can tell you more about that uh, later, why. <laughs> and there is the uh, Shapes of Black, which is uh, <clears throat> the way that this uh, darkness starts taking form, you know, and uh, actually uh, there's a couple of questions uh, raised in the story about uh, how do they enter our world from the other side, uh, the spirits or powers, and uh, is it really in, in, in the darkness that that uh, little door is open? Uh, the darker it gets, the more open the door is, and when it's pitch dark, then finally it's an it's, uh, open invitation to come in, you know. Um, and then finally, you. Me? The listener. <laughs> you too, okay, you too, but listener, definitely. Is, is going to be involved if they listen to the last song. They will definitely be involved. You know, the end of, of the album it uh, brings the listener very close to the whole thing. Actually, the whole uh, way the story is written, I think, uh, this time uh, uh, brings the listener much closer to to what's going on on the King Diamond album than ever before because the whole thing has been written in the present tense. You know, uh, so it, it, it's real time. Uh, it happens as you listen to to the album. Uh, kind of like the, the the series 24. It's not like I said, oh, I'm going to do a horror version of 24. Of course not. But it's, it's you know, that's the way it is. It's Nothing is in the past. Uh, it all takes place as you listen to the album, you know. So that was a bit of a challenge, you know, uh, to get uh, that idea carried out into life. Uh, first, it was a, uh, just an idea, you know. And then uh, when, when we started working on the actual lyrics and, uh, you know, it was a couple of places where wait a minute, how do I say this? Uh, specifically one, one point in the story where where you want to find out how the two kids died. That, of course, would be in the past, but the way it happens in the story is that uh, that time in the story I had a bad experience in the cellar of my house and uh, managed to crawl out of there alive and uh, ended up in the hallway on the floor, completely exhausted and... Uh, Lying there on on the floor, uh, I suddenly feel these uh, pictures in red being being sent into my brain. Uh, they're coming from uh, the spirit of the girl in the bloody dress, 
and uh, in those pictures he sends into my brain you know uh, I see what happened she's sending me pictures to show me what happened to her and her little brother how they died you know so it's still real time it's still like uh, described in, in, in the present time as well you know uh, so so that that was definitely a challenge but I think it really worked to to uh, it, I mean it definitely brings you a lot closer when it's uh, I see I hear it's coming across the room you know the, then uh, yeah and then I saw and you know uh, it came across the room it, it just gets this weird distance you know from from uh, the actual action you know so I think it works really good on this story, you know. So it's modern day King Diamond. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I always felt we were very timeless. Never followed trends. Never did, uh, you know. Uh, well, if people try to tell us something, you know, it's like, well, if it's good, we'll take it. If we don't like it, we won't. You know, I mean, it has to be us all the time. It has to be us from the heart. You know, uh, that's always been the case, and it's it's still the case. You know, so. Okay, well, we're going to play uh, another track off the Puppet Master, and um, when we get back, we'll have more King Diamond and more story of the new album. This one is called Magic. <laughs> Darkness, I'm damn sure. Outside. 
right, we're back now with more King Diamond for you. And so we've got the characters down. Uh, you told us about those, and we all know it's in present time. And can you give us kind of just an outline of, of the story? But don't give away too much because we want people to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really hard uh, thing to explain. Uh, I got a little experience from doing some more interviews. You know, uh, at, in the beginning, I actually uh, started, I remember, uh, to, to, uh, when someone asked for the stories, like, wow, and do you have two hours? Because if you want all details, I'm ah, just a rough thing, you know, and... And then you start, and then uh, because there is so much stuff interwoven, you know, uh, uh, different songs, different ends of the album, you know, uh, that that uh, relates to each other. It's it's hard to just say, oh yeah, then this happens and that happens. It's not just like that, you know. Uh, there are things that are happening because of things that were happening earlier. Uh, uh, now they happen in special ways. It's uh, it, it's it's tricky, you know. But I can give a very brief rundown of what it's about without giving out or uh, give away all the little details, you know. But you had the the intro called The Dead, you know, is, is the beginning. And uh, you find out that, that uh, these two kids are dead and they are somewhere on the other side, uh, the afterlife. And you hear them whisper to each other. <clears throat> and that's where, where the little boy, uh, uh, you find out he doesn't know where they are. And he's asking his sister where are we now, you know, what is this place? And then she answers back to him, uh, don't you remember, little brother, we died, we're dead. And then he says, but what are they going to do to me? Am I going to hell? And then she says, I don't know, but that's what they say. I will try to find you another soul. And then she suddenly, you know, this this church organ starts picking up uh, the playing and... Uh, the sister says, listen, do you hear that organ play, you know? And then she says that I must go to where the organ plays. <clears throat> and then she says, I must go, but I can never stay. Now to this house I go. And then you hear the little brother whisper before she takes off, you know, don't let anyone see your bloody dress. And then uh, she obviously travels, tries to, to cross over from, from the other side into our world. And... Uh, she has some, some help with her. Like I said, there are several other spirits with her, and one of them is a nasty one called the Floating Head Woman, uh, an experienced spirit, you can say, a uh, more grown-up spirit that uh, can actually materialize herself in our world. The little girl cannot materialize herself very well unless it is pitch dark. You can say that there is there are no light. Then she can actually become solid in our world. And uh, they travel over, and then, I mean, uh, the whole thing switches over to, to the f first real song, you can say, Never Ending Hill, which is a uh, pretty nice song, you know. I mean, the lyric lyrical uh, side of it is, is very nice uh, with this little uh, undertone of uh, not everything is, is, is as it should be, but uh, it's an unusual King Diamond uh, style, you can say, when, when people hear it first time, that's the one you, you released as a teaser song, you know, and... Uh, I know several fans, I saw what they were posting on our website, you know, uh, that, uh, man, this sounds so uh, soft and nice, it's uh, unlike King Diamond, but if we know him right, by the third song, everything will be so dark, you can't see a thing, and uh, sure, absolutely, you're right. But here, you know, it's uh, it's talking about uh, the Velvet Sunset, you know, is never too late, you know, and... Uh, how it's nice, you know, the birds are singing, you know, and their golden clouds are passing by my eyes, things like that. My black cat magic is chasing butterflies down by the lake, you know, this lake called Devil Lake that you can see from the house. And uh, uh, it, 
it's just like you know, um, it's a little little bit too nice to 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 be real, and and then you find out with some little hints here and there that uh, maybe everything is not uh, as it should be when it's mentioned that uh, the sun is going down, and then uh, the way it's described is that uh, uh, the sun is drowning in Devil Lake suddenly, you know, and uh, so that there are things that that makes it uh, a little, you can say, uneasy, but in all the the things that should be nice. There's a song called, uh, I shouldn't go by song, you know, because it's not really what I want to do now and sit and tell you what's in the lyrics. (laughs) But there's, of course, a lot of other details in just that first song, you know. I mean, there are references to Myrtle Fate with the old oak tree is still there and things like that, you know. Later on in another song, you will be thinking about the spider's lullaby. And, you know, there's a lot of crisscrossing. There's a lot of crisscrossing within the songs themselves where this time you will find uh, a lot of... uh, uh, you know, the title from one song will appear in the chorus of another song. Uh, that that kind of thing is happening quite often in this thing here, in this story here. But but what happens, you know, just to go, it's a build-up story, so it's like uh, the way it gets darker, you know, it's a hot night, you know, and uh, uh, I start hearing these things, you know, uh, like uh, there's voices uh, whispering, help me, and... Uh, uh, at one point, you know, the the lights are flickering, uh, the electrical, uh, the electric power goes out completely, and I start lighting some candles, you know, and it's just the way the cat reacts to it, too, you know. I mean, some of those things are real, you know, for for what I experience uh, here in the house, you know, uh, magic. The, the cat is uh, she has a big black pillow in the center of the living room uh, where she likes to watch TV, but uh, when it gets like two or three in the morning, sometimes. Uh, it happens that she's suddenly mesmerized by something out in the hallway. And uh, you often wonder, what the hell does she see out there, you know, that I can't see? And some of those things are, in, are mentioned in the lyrics, too, you know, uh, mesmerized by something in the hallway about the, the black cat, you know, and uh, who's to say what's living in the darkness, who's to say if a black cat can sense it, and things like that, the matter of, you know, I need light to find my way around here, and uh, suddenly hear little footsteps from the hallway, you know, and... Uh, and I get hit by something in the head. That's kind of funny, actually, that uh, it's the song Black of Night, uh, which Andy wrote the music for. But when he was here uh, <clears throat> recording guitars, he was uh, sitting with headphones on in my couch, you know, recording guitars, and uh, I was uh, watching TV without sound, you know, while he was doing that, just sitting there if he needed some assistance or anything, you know. And suddenly he was sitting there playing. He was like, oh, fuck, oh, for Satan, you know, it's... And then I was like, what's going on? And he tore his headphones off, and uh, uh, he said, something fucking hit me on the head, you know. So, what? You're kidding, man. Uh, okay. And then we just sat there, talked a little, and then he continued playing. And then when hell came over, and uh, like 10 days later, I think it was, uh, recording his bass, you know, uh, then the, the day when he was finished, uh, I think it was four in the morning, uh, it was finally done, you know, all the bass was done, and it was like, wow, cool, man, it's all working out together here. Uh, then Hell suddenly said, as we sat and talked a little, uh, he asked Andy, hey, uh, Andy, this might sound weird, but I just want to ask you, did, did you ever get hit by something here in King's house? And then Andy said, what? Why, why would you ask that? And then Andy turned to me, remember the other day? I told you, King, some, something hit me, you know, on the head. And uh, that's where I, yeah, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I remember now, you say, you know, yeah. And then Andy, of course, says, hell, well, why would you ask that? 
And then Hell said, well, nothing happened to me this time, but, but when we did Puppet Master, uh, it was one morning I was standing in the bathroom and the door was locked and everything, and uh, suddenly I got smacked on my lower back really hard, he said. I heard the sound of it <laughs> like that, you know. And I'm like, whoa, okay. But there has been some things happening in this house. You know, I don't know if I brought something from the apartment in Copenhagen or whatever it is, you know, but... Uh, there's been a few things here, you know, that, that is not very, it's not explainable at all, actually. But the apartment I lived in, in Copenhagen for many, many years, you know, it, it was extremely haunted. <clears throat> and a lot of things come from there that is put into the stories, you know. And uh, now, again, with this story here, has quite a few things uh, that is uh, more real than you might want it to be, you know. Uh, uh, but but it's it's... A nice, uh, what do you say, uh, source of inspiration. And uh, so there's a lot of stuff in this story as well, you know, like uh, the house, the cat, and things that happen, you know. And uh, sometimes when, when a story is, is, is finished, actually, almost every time, it's a little weird when I when I sit and read through it or listen to the album and then uh, realize how much of my own life is put into these stories. It's a little scary sometimes, but... Then again, I know that uh, no one else will know which part is what, you know. So uh, that that's kind of okay then. But um, yeah, that that's the, the thing about just a little thing about Andy, you know. And I had to put that into the lyrics just for his sake, for his, on his song, you know, so that uh, he could always uh, have a good laugh at uh, what happened to him when he was here recording that song. But uh, you know, that that's the part of the story that gets darker, but not in, in a normal way, you know, and uh, the shadows, uh, this and that, you know, the footsteps in the hallway. Uh, eventually I have to get up and go out and see what's in, what's out there, you know, and then I suddenly end up in front of the mirror uh, that I have hanging in the hallway. That mirror, by the way, uh, the frame of the mirror is was taken straight off my mirror here at the house and then put on the front cover, you know, as the mirror frame there. The mirror I have here is a little longer, you know, but they had to fit it for to to the proportions of the the booklet, you know. But the, that's the actual frame of the mirror that I have hanging in my hallway, you know. So you put some of those things in there, you know, whenever you can. Uh, but um, th this is also like I'm telling it in a little too much detail now. I should probably do the the the, the quick uh, version hmm, of maybe uh, a quick but, wrap up. <laughs> but the story is really about and what's going on, you know. I mean. Uh, I'll just tell this little part here with the mirror because that kind of uh, talks about the, and explains, uh, you can say, uh, the, what you see on the front cover, you know. And that is uh, that, that when I get out in the hallway in the dark there with a candle, you know, because there's no more uh, electrical power in the house. And uh, when I look in the mirror, I, I, I can't see myself in the mirror. Uh, I don't even see the hallway that I'm standing in in the mirror. What I see is this little girl in a bloody dress and uh, she's standing, I can see, in the cellar downstairs. That's what I see in the mirror. And, of course, it, it freaks me out a little bit. I see the bloody hands me on the wall, the crucifix hanging upside down, and just uh, something is not right. I can see how her hair is all messed up. She's full of blood. You know, I can't really tell in the dark uh, whether she's wearing a, uh, a red dress or whether it's blood, bloody white, you know. And... Uh, uh, so there's actually also one more thing I noticed that she has some marks uh, on her neck, you know, but she looks a little beat up and 
trying to communicate through the mirror, but there is, of course, nothing coming back. I just see this, and then then, uh, then I have to get down in the cellar, you know, and see what the hell is going on there. I know I shouldn't, but I do it anyway, you know. Uh, but now I'm going to stop telling what happens, like, you know, uh, piece by piece, but just say that the deal is that uh, these two kids you found out in the intro are dead, and you find out how they died somewhere in the middle of the story in, in the song, uh, Give Me Your Soul. And um, what what happens there is uh, that I, I I told you earlier about uh, lying in the hallway, you know, and getting these pictures in red sent into my brain by this little girl spirit. And in that song, I see uh, this girl. It's like, uh, hey, I've seen her before, you know. And of course, I saw her just uh, uh, probably five minutes ago in the in the mirror, you know. Uh, actually, it would have been a little longer ago, but. Uh, because I was in the cellar in the meantime, but uh, but in that uh, I, I see her in a cellar, you know, uh, playing with a little boy, which is her brother, and uh, they're really having fun and all this. And then uh, the way it's right that they die is pretty gross, you know. I mean, uh, it, it's a thing uh, that uh, how can I say? It just bothers the hell out of me, you know, uh, to see how often these uh, completely. Uh, senseless killings take place uh, in, in sp- I mean I don't know if it's only in the USA but but they certainly take place over here and it's uh, time and again you see it on the news where one family member or both or whatever or one kills the whole family and then kills themselves you know and afterwards other family members uncles sisters brothers whatever you know uh, uh, their comments are often that I have no idea what went wrong. They seemed so happy. Uh, I didn't see any signals of any kind, you know, and suddenly somebody snaps and goes crazy, you know. And that's the way these kids die. I mean, that was a... Now it's maybe a week ago that there was one of those here in Dallas. It was absolutely horrifying, you know. Uh, a lone mother uh, tried to kill her four kids. She managed to kill three of them, you know. She hung them in a closet and then she hung herself. And her sister, who lived in a trailer on the other side, came over to ask her why she hadn't left for work. And there she was, hanging in the closet with her four kids. The the smallest one, eight months old, was still kind of breathing. And so the sister cut that one down. So so one eight-month-old child survived that hanging. And it's absolutely horrifying, you know. I mean, what 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 the hell happened? Why why did the three kids have to die? If you were so tired of living, you know, and all this, uh, why did you have to take the rest of the family? You know, why did you want to deprive them of having a life and a chance? You know, it's so senseless, and and, and there's unfortunately no way of really uh, pinpointing these lunatics, you know, before they just snap. It's really tragic when it happens. Uh, imagine the little uh, eight-month-old when it grows up, you know. Yeah, your mother tried to kill you. She didn't succeed. She did kill your three other sisters, though, and herself. I mean, nice. But uh, that's the way they, they uh, die here in the cellar. In comes Daddy. He's in a rage. He's uh, screaming and yelling. He's not very nice. Cold as ice. An axe in his hand, you know. It looks like he's going insane. Then it's got some pictures in red, pictures in red. The axe is coming down into his head. Pictures in red, pictures in red. Little boy is dead, you know. That's just that boom. And then uh, you suddenly hear, uh, here's the, the, the reason right in the middle of that song why his sister 
is crossed over into this world to try and steal a soul for her brother, a soul that is uh, sin-free. And that is that the lyric says, 13 judges on a bench, the little boy screaming, no, it's a mistake. A suicide is what you are, the judges say. Now you're going down, you're going down to hell. So what happens here is that uh, they go to to start an afterlife, but before they can, they're going to be judged whether they're going to have a good afterlife or a bad afterlife. And here it doesn't matter what religion you believe in or whatever, you know, this is just uh, the way it is in this story here. And uh, these judges, these 13 judges that are judging people's uh, lives to, to see if they go this or that way, make a mistake. They judge the little boy. They, take, they mistake the little boy for for the dad, who uh, you find out later in this song uh, kills himself by by shooting himself in the head, you know. And uh, and so they make a mistake. And, and imagine if it was like that, that you go to some kind of afterlife and uh, you are being judged for what you've done here on earth. And then the judges, whoever they might be, make a mistake. You have one chance, you know. There is no, like, uh, going back, coming out of, if it's hell or whatever, you know. Uh, it's like, hey, 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 from hell, you know, you you were wrong. Take me out of here, you know. Like, can't hear down there. Can't hear anything. It's just uh, black and flames, you know, together. But that that's the scenario here that has happened, you know. And uh, then you hear, as the, the song goes on, that uh, uh, the little girl there in the cellar, you know, I see the girl, uh, she's dressed in blood. And the blood is not her own. Uh, then it says, looks like he's going insane again. Pictures in red, pictures in red. Daddy's hands are squeezing her neck. Pictures in red. Little girl is dead and daddy's got a hole in his head. So uh, he strangles his daughter and then he uh, shoots himself in the head, you know. And so all the blood you see on the front cover on the little girl's dress is, uh, is not her own. It, it's uh, the blood from, from when the, uh, their dad uh, hammered the axe into her little brother's head, you know. So it's very gross. It's very... But but that's, uh, you know, it, it's it's shocking, you know, even to me when I hear it come fly by on the album, those couple of lines there, you know, it's like... Ugh. But uh, it, it's an unfortunate uh, part of reality, you know, and uh, and one of those kind of things that, that is so hard to find a solution to. How do you predict when people are going to snap, you know. Yeah, you can't at all. <laughs> it I, just you, happens. <laughs> over and over. It's the school shooting. It's this. It's that. You know, I mean, uh, they get some signs maybe, you know, uh, but even if you get some signs of, of uh, something being wrong, how do you stop it, you know? Like exactly. like that uh, kid there, I mean, uh, Virginia Tech, you know, I mean, a total horrifying how uh, do you stop it, you know? I mean, uh, beforehand, well, there were signals even that he was in, he was recommended to this and that, you know, And but well, how do you enforce these things, you know? I mean, uh, how do you say, hey, that guy could be dangerous for himself or others. Let's put him away, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be scary. I can see myself, uh, that guy, those lyrics, oh, he seems like he could be scary for, for some uh, other people or whatever, you know, or maybe even for himself, you know? With those lyrics, let's lock him up. Hey, wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with me, you know. I'm just pointing out some uh, problems, you know, here and there. But you see, I mean, uh, you can't really enforce that uh, type of thing either, you know, uh, to, to force people into uh, to institutions, you know, uh, if they haven't really done anything wrong, you know, yet. And then the, the, the first thing they do wrong, you know, is, is the one where they snap big time. So it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. Uh, it's horrible 
horrible to, to see these things happen, but they happen so often, whether it's a guy going into an office, you know, or whatever, got fired or scattered fire or whatever, that person that was at NASA or whatever, somewhere, you know, in, in, down in Texas, Houston, or something like that, you know, just walked in there and two, two people hostage killed one of them, you know, he was scared he was going to lose his job, and, and then they do that, it's like, oh yeah, you're not going to lose your job now, if you walk into your boss with a gun and say, hey, I'm scared of losing my job, I don't want to lose it. Is it okay? You're not going to fire me. If you are, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> yeah, that's a great solution. I mean, but obviously there is no rational thought process going on when that kind of snapping goes on, you know, at all. So, yeah, but that, that's what happens here. You know, that's the way, uh, and that's why they, they come over to try and find uh, a soul that is free of sin that she can bring back to her brother. So it's kind of like uh, you have a court case, you know, where... If someone is convicted uh, of something, you know, uh, and then uh, there's a little time before the sentence is carried out, you know, and that's a little time now the girl has uh, to back into our world and, and try and find that soul that's free of sin to bring back to her brother. But uh, they get to my house, you know, they come here, you know, and then all these things come. They try to kill me several different times uh, or several ways, too, you know, uh, of course. Um, and uh, they don't succeed, you know, but, but they are close uh, a couple of times. And uh, it's, uh, uh, that, that I'm not going to get into detail, you know, that's just like you might as well uh, find out how they try to kill me, you know. But uh, eventually, you know, uh, I light candles all over the house because I find out that's my only protection against the dark, you know, uh, and that is where they are kind of coming out of. And... Uh, at some point, you get to the, the third last song that's called Shapes of Black with harpsichord and really twisted demonic voices and breathing and all this stuff, you know. I mean, uh, that's where they, they get closer and closer. I have one candle left, you know. I'm sitting upstairs in my bedroom on, on my bed after they just tried to, to kill me in a way where I got completely uh, weighted down, you know. And um, sitting there, you know, uh, cold as ice and just uh, with that candle, you know, uh, and then I see these shadows just starting to move from the walls and the corners. They start to actually take the shape of of humans made out of dark, you know. And uh, they get closer and closer. And uh, uh, eventually I feel them sitting on the bed right next to me. And uh, I just know that I have very little time left. And then suddenly there's this black moth that's flying around. It's about to... to it's fighting for its life uh, in the flame of that one candle I've left is like go away don't kill my flame you know and then it tries to get away from the candle because it doesn't want to die in that uh, flame you know and uh, and uh, at the very end of that little song you know there here comes the, the floating head woman again you know and uh, does one of her little things that she can actually you know materialize in this world I sit with that one candle and uh, you hear me saying something like so little time so little light and then suddenly it says no more light and then it's that's it you know uh she blows out the candle and i'm sitting there i know i'm defenseless now and right at that moment suddenly the little girl uh, her spirit appears right before me completely solid in this world you know not like a see-through thing but a solid spirit standing there and I can only see her because now there's total darkness in the house but there is a full moon outside that shines in through a window and that way i can see her but she's able to actually materialize in front of me. And then I get these weird feelings of how she looks inside of me, how I can feel her eyes looking around in my soul, seeing everything I've done in my life, you know. 
And uh, at one point, she she actually starts talking to me, saying that uh, do not be afraid. Uh, there won't be any pain. I need your soul. And like, yeah, right. I, who cares if there's pain or not? You're not going to get my soul if if I have one, you know. But uh, at least I can try and start uh, to to uh, like, communicate with her. And uh, during that communication, I try to tell her that you don't want my soul. I mean, you sent me all the pages. I know what's going on, you know. But uh, you really don't want my soul. If you take mine uh, and, and bring it back to your brother, he's going straight to hell. He won't have a chance. You need to find one that is free of sin, you know, if you're going to help him. So... Uh, you need to really muster up all your power and, and, and move on to another house, you know, uh, and see if you can't find that soul there. Uh, and there is still a little time left, you know. And um, then in the very last song, uh, I'm trying to encourage her to, to, to muster up that power it'll take to get out of my house and then move on to another one, you know. And uh, it's like we're talking past each other, me and the little girl, you know. I talk to her and she talks about her brother. Uh, and how she feels like she let him down, and she would take his place if she could. And and um, eventually, I get through to her that uh, you have to do this now. And then she's oh man, I'm trying, and I'm trying, I really am, you know. And finally, she actually gets that feeling. I am. I'm moving on now, you know. And uh, then they get to the very end of the album where you hear the little girl say, "I'm moving on to this house." So when you sit and listen to the album at home, you know, uh, it's your home she's going to come to for that, to see if you can't steal your soul, you know. And that's the way the listener really gets gets uh, extra close to the story, you know. But, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff in it. This was my short, uh, quick version, you know, so I don't uh, sit and talk about uh, all the little details. And there's a lot of, you know, play with words between uh, uh, the different songs and stuff like that, you know. I mean, the reference, like I said, to the spider's lullaby and other things, you know, I mean. Them is definitely mentioned many, many times, you know. Uh, so there's like, you know, there's a lot to dig into, you know. And, and uh, I was going to say that's that's the quick version, but that just shows how much quick, is, yeah, how yeah, much yeah, is go actually like, going yeah, on. <laughs> a lot of details in the lyrics, you know, when you when you start getting uh, into it. Well, it's an amazing, amazing story. I've I've already read the whole thing, so I gotta I gotta leg up on most people out there, but. I'm special, so. <laughs> <laughs> so what you, uh, Not you really, but. <laughs> what, what's in it, yeah, and what's, uh, uh, there is a lot more in it, you know, if you read the second, third time, whatever, and then when the music comes on with it, too, if you just read lyrics, you know, they give you one impression, you know, but when you hear it with the music, you know, then you get all the right feelings. Exactly. Coming across, too, you know, uh, that, that uh, makes a huge difference that you have both, you know, to actually uh, uh, get that out of the story. Plus, you know, uh, the, uh, the booklet that uh, uh, Brian Ames uh, laid out, you know, my God, man, what a job he did. I mean, that's the best job he's ever done for us, you know. Absolutely incredible. Uh, it looks killer. And it certainly adds to the whole atmosphere, you know, if you sit with that booklet, when you listen to the album and read the lyrics and so on, you know, it's it just perfects the whole thing, you know. It's all one big package, you know. All right. Well... It comes out June 26th, so everybody will have to wait until then. And uh, we're going to play a couple of past tracks for you right now. First one is Mansion of Sorrow off of Abigail 2, and we'll be back with King Diamond in a second.
That was the classic No Presents for Christmas off the Deadly Lullabies Live album released in 2004. And uh, if I remember right, that was the first and only live record you guys have done, right? Yeah, real live record, I would say. You know, we did... Uh, 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 we had one out, you know, a long time ago, you know, uh, which was a single disc, you know. Uh, it had live recordings on it, but it was actually taken off uh, cassette tapes, you know. Uh, it was part of of a release deal uh, with Roadrunner, you know. Uh, so there is one old one there uh, that, that has some live stuff on it, you know. But it, it's actually, we can say, really good uh, bootleg recordings, you know. Uh, very, very good bootleg recordings, if you want to call that. But it is. It, it was an album where we had no chance of actually mixing it, you know. It was just a cassette tape, you know, so we couldn't sit and uh, get the right labels and things. And uh, this, this one here, yeah, was... Uh, uh, definitely a challenge, you know, uh, to mix it uh, because, uh, I mean, the biggest problem in mixing it was uh, where do you put the audience, you know? I mean, uh, how loud do you put it and do you leave the audience tracks open the whole way through the show or right. what, what do you do? You know, a lot of bands, they will, uh, the songs are, Brum, yeah, you know, and then starts <laughs> the next song and they're dead, they're gone, you know. <laughs> You don't hear anything, you know, and, and yeah. that, of course, gives you a good uh, sound in the music. Um, we, we chose in the end, you know, we worked very, very hard to to find that right level because uh, so much goes on during a King Diamond show, and it's amazing how much people are singing along with the songs. And uh, you don't want to miss that aspect of it because then uh, it's like, well, this, yeah, it's, it's the, might as well be a band uh, or be the band playing in a rehearsal room, you know, uh, playing the songs that way and then just open up uh, in between songs. So we decided to, to have the audience open the whole way, but uh, struggled quite a bit to find the right levels, you know, uh, and, and ended up finding one level that we just let sit there, say, okay, this is it. That way it is as authentic as it can, as it can possibly get. If uh, they're singing along a lot, you will hear a lot. If they don't sing as much right on a certain passage, you know, as they did in the song before, then that's the way it is. That's the way it was. Instead of you sit there and phone it up, you know, and then uh, add some more or, or just raise the volume because less sang along with the chorus in the song before, you know. I mean, hey, it's very honest, you know, and it's, it really captures that uh, King Diamond Life feel, I think, as as much as you can on, on just, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of format. So it'll be another, uh, another 10, 15 years before, before we see the next live record, will it? <laughs> we have to do another albums first, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's concentrate on the next studio record coming out. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, well, speaking of, like, live stuff, um, we just announced your tour for next year um, with... Creator Leaves Eyes and Celador, and that starts in March or April. March. March. So, how did how did all how did you guys pick the opening bands? Uh, it has a lot to do with our booking and John Finberg. You know, he uh, really has the finger on the pulse. You know, and, and knows what is is good, what would be a good package, and what's uh, you know uh, moving out there. And uh, I mean, in all aspects, you know, uh, strong package for the promoters, uh, interesting stuff for the fans. You know, and uh, also, uh, just uh, making sure that it's uh, good quality stuff, you know, and uh, he he really is the one that put that package together. And uh, what he will do is that he has suggestions. He says, I would like to see this. 
because of this, 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 and that. And it's like, wow, you're making a lot of sense, you know. And uh, we love Creator, you know. I mean, great band from Germany, you know, and uh, it's going to be an honor having them with us, you know. Absolutely, that, that's what I'm looking forward to. And uh, the other bands I don't know of, you know, but uh, look forward to, to get to know them, you know. And uh sounds like it could be a really, it could be the best King Diamond tour ever, you know. I mean, it really could. There's a lot of nice venues, a lot of new cities that are, Going to be really, uh, really exciting to see the Canadian West Coast. Never been there before, you know. And there's four shows up there, so we there's, there's a lot of cool stuff, you know. Uh, venues also we haven't been before. The the what is it? The House of Blues here in Dallas is brand new. It's just opened up, you know. And we're playing that, you know. But we play a lot of House of Blues venues, which is uh, a really nice feeling for me because I love that place, you know. Uh, playing there, uh, coming there with the band, uh, it, it's always. Uh, uh, smooth, you know, that there is never all these problems that can appear somewhere, you know. Uh, you know you get to House of Blues, uh, everything is, is up and running, and it's uh, well done, and everything is executed professionally, you know, and that, that's such a place to get to those places when, when they, it's run that way, you know, you always look forward to, uh, oh, House of Blues, oh, wow, cool. You know, so, uh, but of course there's a lot of other super great venues that we're playing, you know, BB Kings in New York, you know, and uh, but there's a lot of places, you know, but but that uh, is one thing that we, I don't know how many House of Blues there is on this one, you know, but it gets more and more every year, you know, and uh, I guess that they also appreciate when we come, you know, that uh, they know they deal with some professional people that are that are uh, decent and not uh, completely, you know, outrageous. <laughs> but it's a matter of coming in there, you know, and, and you have all the right things to go up and do what you're there for, you know, and uh, that that's so appreciated, you know. Okay, um, I guess that's all. Uh, that's all I have. Do you have any final words you just want anybody to hear? Oh yeah, just stay heavy, man. Till we get there. Hope you <laughs> like the new album once you get it. You know, uh, in my book, uh, the best way I can describe it, and that uh, is where I speak for everyone in the band. That is that uh, with this album, we really feel like uh, we have tried for twenty years plus to get that damn driver's license. Never could get it. This time we passed the test. <laughs> I, really, I haven't heard Andy and Mike play solos like this uh, ever before, I think. I mean, uh, that inspired Hell Space, you know, the sound of the new album, man. I mean, it's so clear. I wish all our albums sounded like that. You can hear everything that was recorded on it. And these days, uh, it's, it's extremely hard to pick out what a bass guitarist is playing, you know, uh, in, in uh, today's productions, you know. It usually ends up being this lower rumble, you know, filling up the bottom end, you know, and then uh, you really only hear what the bass players are playing when, when drums and bass are going alone, you know. Uh, and it's sad because uh, it must be frustrating for, for for most bass players that what they're doing is not getting hurt, you know. But here you really hear it because of the way we've done it, you know, and, and uh, I actually lean my vocals up against his bass often in the album, you know, because there are such cool bass lines going on. And Matt just outdid himself too, you know, did just an outstanding job. Funny thing, he after he heard the, the album for the first time, mixed, you know, and everything, and with vocals on, uh, what you say, I can't believe you let me get away with all that. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about, man? It's awesome, you know. I mean, uh, I mean it's, it, with us, it's always, if something enhances the song, it goes. Absolutely. It'll always be allowed, you know. But things that are working against the flow of a song, you know, or the overall feel of a song, you know, uh, it doesn't need to be there, you know. It, it's, it's, then it just gets into this uh, ego soloing stuff, you know, and there's plenty of space in King Diamond 
for for people's egos <laughs> anyway <laughs> you know for for letting out the long solos and the drum fills and the, you know bass lines and whatever you know so but it's also and uh, the lineup same still you know and uh, uh, that that's a strong thing too you know that uh, we get along really well you know uh, and uh, respect each other both as humans and uh, as musicians you know it's uh, we can get the best out of each other uh, better than ever before, you know. Uh, when we do get to these little situations sometimes where you feel like, wow, man, that doesn't sound good, then you just say it because the other party is not going to take it as an insult because uh, we all know how good we are, you know. I mean, we don't have to prove anything to each other of, of whether we can play that or not play it, you know. it's uh, And that's why it's often been said that, uh, you know, uh, hey, Andy, uh, I know you can do better on that solo there, man. I don't remember one note of it, uh, and, and it was just it didn't catch me at all, you know. I mean, uh, the mood was wrong, and the, you, know, you need to do something, you know. And uh, and then you you, you get uh, the next version, it's like, wow, there you go, man. <laughs> That's what I knew you could do. And the same to me, you know. I mean, they'll uh, say the same things to me with vocals. Uh, it, it's rare that they are there when they are done, though, you know. But they might know some of the ideas, you know, uh, beforehand, and uh, and that way you can have a funny thing with with Mike, for instance, in the song uh, "Shapes of Black." Uh, he has a solo there, which uh, the first version that that he did. Uh, when I heard that, it was like, oh man, he had not heard vocals, you know, so uh, he was a little bit in the dark of what mood to put into that solo, and uh, it was not the right one. And uh, when I, I called him and talked to him, I said, "Hey, man, you you gotta uh, gotta do another one, you know." And the 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 best way for me to explain the feel I would like to hear you do a solo in is if you try and follow the the keyboard theme behind it. Try not not follow it, but try and 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 work around that instead of a straight solo. And then he sent this next thing where the man the hair stood on my arm. It was just like, oh my god, I can't believe you got that out of it. That was like way beyond what I had ever expected, you know. And it just blew my mind. And that solo man, I think it is just—he has so much stuff on this album that is killer. Solo Andy, of course, you know. So it's it's been a real pleasure this time, you know, to uh, to see how all the little pieces fell into the right spots, you know. So uh, now we hope the the fans feel the same way, you know, when they get to hear it. And of all the times that I've talked to you over the years, I don't think I've ever heard you be so excited about it. So I think this is definitely the best record. <laughs> and it, it's, uh, I mean, uh, there's always going to be people who have a certain favorites, you know, that are hard to beat, even with some of my closest friends here, you know. Uh, and that, that's the good thing about having uh, people being honest, too, you know. Uh, that there's one guy called Thomas, you know, who, uh, uh, for as long as I've known him, uh, since 92, you know, uh, uh, he, He's always, uh, I mean, he likes what we do and all this stuff, you know, and uh, Puppet Master comes out and you feel like, okay, this time he must let go of his old favorite, you know, uh, uh, which has always been Melissa, you know, uh, Merciful Fate. And uh, it came out, Puppet Master, like, I mean, I think it's uh, some of your best Kingdom stuff, absolutely, you know, but you know me, man, I mean, I don't think you can ever beat Melissa, you know, I mean, for for my taste and what I like, you know, so uh, there, there you have it, that's it, you know. And then this time here, after he heard it, you know, and uh, uh, he called me and said, okay, uh, Melissa's put away in a drawer now. <laughs> so I was like, all right, man, finally. Uh, not, not that we had, um, you know, the whole purpose is to impress <laughs> <laughs> the person, but it's, it's a nice uh, thing, you know, uh, 
to get some of those confirmations, uh, you know, for those who heard the whole thing, you know, uh, the the studio owner and and uh, his wife uh, was not a big King Diamond fan, uh, but she is now, and she totally just uh, got into it when she heard it. You know, uh, there was something that just appealed to her in a certain way, you know. So it, it, it's been like that a lot, you know. Sterling Winfield, who, who is uh, an ex-producer of ours, you know, who worked uh, on Voodoo when, when Dimebag was there. He's been uh, uh, working with Pantera a lot in the past, you know, and now with the Venus New Band, too, you know. And uh, he called me one day uh, out of the blue, uh, late night, you know. He had uh, been by the studio, and he had been played uh, some of the songs from, from uh, the studio owner, you know. And he just called me to say, hey, man, you fucking floored me. So it's like, oh, cool, man. It's good to hear these things, you know, that uh, that uh, confirm some of what you feel yourself, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, really I hope uh, at least we have really put everything into it that, that we had this time, that's for sure. And I, I feel it's the best, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. It was very awesome to hear the, the well, at least the quick version of the story. <laughs> but, um. So good luck with the record, and uh, we'll see you out on the road. Absolutely. And uh, off the new album, Give Me Your Soul, Please, released June 26th. Here is Never Ending Hill. Thanks, King. We'll, uh, we'll see you soon. All righty. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.